This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time. Time for silver and black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field and bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get, get it, it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Raider Nation, what is going on? Welcome to a live edition of the Silver and Black Today postgame show. And boy, after the first half, I thought this would be a much different show, as I'm sure you did. But the Raiders stunned in overtime. And uh, it's hard to put words to it, but we're going to attempt to do that. And joining me tonight, as always, my good friend Murph from Raiders Fan Radio with the Voice of the Fan uh, reaction. And also joining me tonight is my good friend Evan Grote from Just Pod Baby. Uh, and Murph, we're going to go to you. Murph is actually not on video today. He's out traveling on business. Uh, so he's joining us live by phone and he just told us he's trying to stay away from bridges and you can understand why, but Murph, uh, this is a hard one, man. This is, uh, something that I haven't seen in years. I know Raider fans, uh, have, uh, <laughs> unfortunately over the last 30 years, seen some pretty epic collapses. Uh, but this one more fresh, this one coming at a time where optimism is high Tell me your initial reaction. Uh, what's going through your head right now as a Raiders fan? Well, Scott, I think I'm going to uh, request the highest floor possible at the hotel because I want to make sure I get the job done when I jump. <laughs> um, you know, it's just, it's absolute. I mean, it's, it's beyond devastating, you know, and I try to keep sports in context and I try to keep all this stuff in, in, in the right perspective and not let it dictate my emotion. But I think anybody that's a fan of this team, to watch and to, in, in my case, listen to most of the game on NFL Plus, to listen to what we what we did, it's I, I just don't understand. It doesn't make any damn sense. We've got all the tools in the world. We've got all the weapons in the world. We've surrounded Derek Carr with everything possible to, to, to lead to his success. And I'm not going to pin the entirety of the game on, on Derek, and I'm sure we'll get into more of it. But like, it's just the idea that we can't take command of a of a game where we've got that huge of a lead and get the damn job done. I just and everyone is at fault. There's not anybody I think that escapes criticism in this one. There's nobody that should be apologized for. You know, can't get the ball into the damn end zone when it's you know when when you got it in the red zone. It's you know, gosh damn, it's just it's it's ridiculous. I don't know. I don't know how else to come away from this other than feeling completely jilted because it's like this team is a team that shouldn't do this we've seen raider teams do this before but those teams sucked this team doesn't <laughs> suck so how come we're still sucking like it's just ridiculous yeah. guy well yeah and, and you're right listen plenty of blame to go around including with the coaching uh including the defense being on the field so long you talk about the offense and evan grote uh evan the the raiders had 48 yards of offense in the second half during regulation uh, that was when they led 20 to then seven. They had a 20 to nothing lead at one point, 20 to seven, and then they scored a field goal in the third quarter, 23 to seven, and then lose 29 to 23. Tell me your fresh instant reaction to this loss and what you saw. 
Well, it's absolutely unacceptable to, to lose that game at home. At home, you got to keep that keep that in mind. This game was at home. They had a twenty to nothing lead at the half, as you mentioned. Uh, really, just dominating the game. I mean, I was tweeting throughout the game. Raiders were pretty much doing what they wanted to do on offense. The defense looked good, uh, really making Kyler Murray look bad. And then, you know, it was a tale of two halves. They come out in the second half, and I and I I really think the coaching showed up in the second half. I thought the the Cardinals and, and Cliff Kingsbury did a nice job of making some adjustments to get. Kyler Murray going a little bit, um, using his legs a little bit more on offense. And as you saw, he made many, many plays. And, you know, obviously he was the difference in the game. I mean, he completely took that game over. Um, and it was the defense was on the field for far too long. I believe the Cardinals ran over 50 plays in the second half of the game. Uh, mm -hmm. So the defense was gassed, couldn't get off the field. And the offense didn't help him out. 19 plays the entire second half of the game. So it, it's, a, it's a bad loss. And, and, uh, yeah, it's it's just unacceptable at home. Yeah, Murph, I I thought that too. I mean, we you have to talk about the play on the field and players who didn't execute and all of that. But boy, the second half, the coaching uh, offensively got really tight to start the second half when they went out there on their first possession. Uh, you 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 called it out. They didn't convert in the red zone again. And and as our good friend Fabian always likes to say, minus four on that. So you're leaving four points off the board there. Um, and then defense, I listen, the defense had its moments, but when you're on the field that long, how can you expect them to keep it up when you're, when you have 51 plays of offense by the Cardinals to your offenses own 18? Uh, it's hard, it's hard to keep those guys going Murph when you're out there that long. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we can we can pin a lot of that on the on the defense, but too, but like, but it's very symbiotic. Symbiotic is that the right word? Whatever the word is. With what's the other side of the the, the end of the yang is that the offense couldn't stay on the freaking field. Yeah, and like, and that's the part that I just I don't understand the the conservative nature of the play calling in the second half and why they tightened up so much when. You know, we're going into halftime. I remember the, the, they just kept flashing through my head after halftime. Like, we got to get after them. We got to put our, you know, put our proverbial foot on their throats and close the damn thing out and to tighten up the way that they did and, and, and all of a sudden not be able to stay on the, on the field on, on offense. And then, yeah, and then the, the defense gets gashed a few times. Can't close out. What, tell me this too, Scott, and, and, uh, and this is on the defense too, big time. Like, what happened to all that clean football we saw in the preseason? What happened to all that penalty-free play we saw from the Raiders on both sides of the ball and now we got penalties flying all over the place oh like it's an old good old-fashioned Raider team again I'm like what the hell is this like it's, it doesn't make sense I don't get it I don't get the inconsistency how you we, we revamped everything from the front office of the coaching staff kept our core players had all these key acquisitions and it's the same old Raider football like it doesn't make sense yeah it, it was it was remarkable I mean listen they come out in the first half and again, Evan mentioned it, a tale of two halves. The first half, they came out. Offense looked good to start. You know, Derek Carr was moving the ball around to different guys. Josh Jacobs was running the ball. And then you get in the second half again, and it just seemed to all collapse on itself. It seemed as though perhaps they were they had this big lead, and they kind of packed it in and said, you know, we're going to be really conservative now. You can't do that in the NFL. And they learned it the hard way because now you see the, the Cardinals. The Cardinals were a desperate team. What happens when you put a desperate animal in the corner? They're going to scratch, claw, fight do whatever they can gouge your eyes out to get out of that corner because they want to save their season. Cause we all know, again, I'll remind you teams since the, the, the league has gone to 14 team expanded playoffs teams that have started. zero and two have never made the playoffs. So everybody knew what was at, 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 at stake here. The Cardinals came out and they started flinging the ball. They made adjustments. Evan, you mentioned it. Cliff Kingsbury, who's taken a lot of hits lately with the way his team started last week he made adjustments. They completely neutralized, and as, as Murph said, partly because the offense was never on the field for the Raiders, uh, there was fatigue, but they neutralized Max Crosby in the second half. Max Crosby was an animal in the first half. It was the Max Crosby we expect. Chandler Jones was no factor yet again in the second game of the season. So there was no pass rush. There was nothing up the middle. Nothing was happening to stop Kyler Murray in that second half. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I don't want to be too hard on some of these players, but you got some highly paid players on both sides of the ball. Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, Derek Carr, uh, Devontae Adams on offense. At what point do one of these guys step up and make a play? And, and, and I criticize them um, 
Crosby and, and Jones a bit last week for, you know, not really making some big impact plays. Once again, didn't have the impact plays again. That's when you need those high price stars, your, your pro bowlers, future hall of famer with, with Jones. You need those guys to step up and make plays game changing plays. And, and we just didn't see it. And, and the same goes for, for offense, Devonte Adams, two catches today. I mean, the, the, you know, so, so those, those big time players did not show up today when you needed them to make plays. Yeah, Murph, you know, we talked last week about how Devontae Adams was so the focus of Derek Carr, uh, and Derek talked about forcing it and doing too much, and now it went the complete opposite, the other way. Uh, and, and that seemed to be strange, too. There just seemed to be, again, and I don't understand it to your point about how the preseason went. Now, these guys didn't start in the preseason or play in the preseason, but with all that has been talked about and all that we have seen uh, from Josh McDaniels and this team to see them go out and play and still see there's a lot of lack. It seems like a lack of communication, a lack of cohesiveness and consistency. It's really hard to understand, especially you're coming home. You, you lose that tough game to the chargers. You don't look great. So you focus on things this week, you get out there, your offensive line played much better in that first half. No doubt about it. Uh, even with Dylan Parham, the rookie at center with Andre James out it's just perplexing to understand. It might take us a few days and watching the game a couple more times, as painful as that could be, to figure out what happened. Yeah, again, go go back to it. Just feels like like same old Raider stuff that we've been watching for years. But I, I, it's doesn't make sense because of all the different changes. You know, for for coaching staff that's being heralded as the you know the kings of adjustments. Gosh, we certainly see him getting out adjusted by the coaching staff from across the the, the field there. So it, it, I'm with you, and and the, the the breakdown of communications, and I, and and I'm going to float some out there too. Like you know, I, I'm I'm oh target, um, and, and, I, and I and I think that it, you know we can. Um, focus our, our ire on Derek at times and not look at the broader picture that's going on. But, but seriously, like, like at this point now, like at, when do we have to consider all of the things that have gone on? He's the quarterback. He's the leader. He's the one that's responsible for all these things. At what point do we just got to start looking at it and taking a hard look at maybe, you know, I don't want to say he's the problem, but he certainly doesn't seem to be the solution at this point. Wow. That's strong coming from Murph. And Murph, you know what? And Evan, I'll get your point of view on this too. And it's not, it's not just an emotional thing here. I think, I think you look at what happened uh, uh, tonight and you see what happened with Derek Carr in that second half. Yes, play calling, definitely. We talked about that. We, th- we think it got way too conservative. But at the same time, there, were just, there was a lack, a lack, I think, of, of, of cohesiveness for the quarterback. We saw at the end there, he almost threw a pick in overtime there. And then, of course, Hunter Renfro with his second fumble in overtime that gets run back for the touchdown as the game winner. Uh, we talked a lot about, Mo and I did, Evan, about Josh McDaniels having this team focused and on target, disciplined, in that preseason, and Murph is right. It seemed that way, uh, and then last week we saw that go awry. And this, again, it's not all on Derek Carr, but Derek Carr certainly in the second half looked like a different guy than he did in the first half. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you, you mentioned the lack of discipline. Ten penalties tonight for 68 yards. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I think is an issue right now um, – is what is the identity on offense? I I still can't tell what it is that like what is the bread and butter on this team? And you got plenty of of pass catchers. You got great weapons. I I would have thought that would have been your bread and butter. And and I you know you didn't quite see that today. You, you saw them trying to establish the run game. Josh Jacobs had 19 carries. I thought he ran the ball well tonight. Uh, you know, ran the ball hard, show some shiftiness and things like that. But I just feel like this team lacks an identity. Like, what is it that they that they want to do on offense? And, you know, I think more of that responsibility obviously goes on the play caller. And, and I'm, I'm a little underwhelmed right now with, with Josh McDaniels. I, I have to say, I know it's a, a small sample size, two games, but I was expecting a lot more uh, f- from him. You're still seeing issues in the red zone. And, and that's been a, an ongoing problem with this team for many years. And it's been an area... And I know last year the Patriots were very good. So I was expecting to see, see, see some improvements there. Uh, but we're not seeing those things happen quite yet in, in after two games. Murph, yeah, what's your point on that? I mean, you know, we could talk about the players not executing. And, sh- and certainly in the second half especially, players did not execute. 
Uh, and again, I'm not making excuses, but that defense was on the field a long time. Uh, and we had some players who actually played well at times on that defense. But when you look at this overall situation uh, with the coaching, and as we mentioned, Josh McDaniels, um, I've been underwhelmed because it's been inconsistent. The first half, some of the plays were, were great. I thought they really used the imagination and the personnel well. They spread the ball out. They did all kinds of things. Uh, uh, Evan mentioned the, the rushing of Josh Jacobs. They even got Zamir White in there. Abdullah got in there with a nice play. So they were using that personnel. And then in the second half, I felt like it was, it was John Gruden in the last two minutes of a game that they led by three points. Amen. A hundred percent. I couldn't agree with you more. And I, and I think that in, in even to further that and then kind of go with what, uh, to the identity uh, point is that at least with Gruden, we knew what the identity was. It was that West Coast offense. It was that spread it out so they could get the defenders out to the perimeters and then run the ball. And then, you know what I mean? Like we knew about all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I'm with you. So to see that, the conservatism that happened there and then without the like seemingly a lack of plan or cohesion, just really weird. And I think that's the stuff that shows up in the red zone. Like think about how frustrating it was when we had Marcus Mariota uh, on this football team and we couldn't come up with something creative for him to do in the red zone. Even when we had guys like Darren Waller on the team, like, you know, it was always fascinating to me that there was never more of a plan there. And we even heard Waller make those comments this off season about how he didn't have like a plan under Gruden's offense in the red zone. Well, here we are again. And like you said, we've got one of the most creative minds there is in modern day football and the guy can't come up with something creative to do in the red zone to help us put it in. I, I, again, it goes back to it's just I don't understand. Like, and I'm, I understand these guys are smarter uh, and know a hell of a lot more about football than I do, but the optics of it, why do the yeah. optics not change? What the hell is it that we can't get out of our own way? And, you know, because I, I heard a lot of comparisons to the um, in the first half about what the Raiders were doing to the Cardinals versus what the Chiefs did to the Cardinals last week. And except in the big butt, they were scoring touchdowns. That's the difference. If, <laughs> yeah. if we'd have punched any of those, you know what I mean? You think about what a different complexion this game has yeah. if instead of those field goals, we're punching one or two of those into the end zone. Well, and that brings up another good point, gents, which is the fact that um, you, you have to, what the Chiefs do, and you saw it the other night too, is when they get a lead, they don't get conservative. Uh, Andy Reid does the opposite. He keeps going, right? Uh, and he keeps going. He pu He pushes on. He runs creative offensive plays to build the lead, not hold the lead, okay? Now, I'm not talking about the last five minutes of game where you got a 14-point lead and you start getting crazy. I'm talking about going into the second half with a 20-point lead, knowing you have a dynamic quarterback. No matter what you think about the Cardinals, the Cardinals' defense is pretty trash. It's not very good. We had a guest on this week who talked about it. It's a disaster. It's a mess. The fact that the Raiders' offense couldn't stay on the field in the second half, I believe, and I might have this wrong, Derek Carr around 30 yards passing in the second half, okay? You can't have that from your quarterback. You can't have that from your offensive play caller, i.e. the head coach, and expect to win. You just can't do it in the modern NFL. You can't run the ball. They didn't even run the ball effectively in the second half either, even though Josh Jacobs had a nice start. Not his fault, but it's just... It's it's I can see for a fan that would be infuriating to see your team dominate so completely in one half and then come out in the second half and look like it was invasion of the body snatchers and somebody else is there now. Yeah, you know, the, the Raiders had like, you know, all these. Oh, oh, sorry, Evan. Go, go ahead, Murph. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, if I'm not mistaken, all of the Arizona DB sends one of them allowed for over 100 passer rating. Yes. Like. Every single one of them. And Derek Carr could only move the ball for three. After, like, talk about prop bets, Derek Carr's over was 277 yards today. I thought he was going to whiz by that number. Nope, 251 yards. And yep. 30 of them came in the freaking second half. Unbelievable. Yeah, it was bad. Uh, Murph, listen, man, uh, we wish we were speaking to you on uh, on a better night when the Raiders did more for you as you're traveling. But we certainly appreciate you checking in. We want to let you go before we go to our break uh, and wish you safe travels, my friend. And also, uh, yeah, you, you might want to nurse a nightcap uh, to get over that if you're not driving so that uh, so it'll make the morning a little better, my friend. 
Yeah, we're going to hammer down straight to the bar now. That's that's <laughs> that's certainly for sure. But hey, I appreciate you guys having me. Appreciate you letting me check in. There's truly the voice of the fan today because it's only my voice. And uh, but I'll be checking in with you next week as with the Raiders will get a better outcome uh, as they come to Nashville. And we'll yes. be, uh, I'll be checking in with you live from Nissan Stadium. So look forward to that. Yes, you'll they'll be in your backyard, and I think you're going to bring them some luck. So so let's let's hope that happens. All right, Murph, take care. Be well. All right, see you guys. All right, there you go. Murph from Raiders Fan Radio with the voice of the fan, uh, which is not a nice voice tonight. It's a very angry voice. Uh, Evan, I was shocked at his comments about Derek Carr. Um, I, I think, though, that even people who really like Derek Carr, you can't you can't avoid that now in um, um, six of the eight quarters he's played in this this season have not been good. Yeah, you're, you're, you're going to start hearing that chatter. Go on Raiders Twitter right now. I, get, I haven't checked myself yet, but I guarantee you're starting to hear that chatter. Was Derek Carr, you know, should they have extended him? Is, you know, should they be paying him all this money? He's not the guy. We told, you know, you're going to start seeing that. Here, here comes all the divisiveness. It's week two and it's already going to begin. I, I, I do think he's a big part of the problem, but I think his play caller has got to do a better job at helping him out. I really do. I really do. Um, you know, Carr hasn't done, uh, you know, with the turnovers in week one and, you know, didn't take command in the second half and, and make some plays. But I, I do think the play caller has got to put him in some better spots. No question. Listen, the, it's it, they're, they're complete team losses, and that goes to the coaching staff too. I can't believe that this team with the offensive weapons they have came out in the second half with that game plan, Okay. I don't care how much of a genius Josh McDaniels is. He looked like a kindergartner trying to do trig tonight, trigonometry. He could not figure it out. And as the, as yeah. the, as the third quarter moved on, he didn't adjust. Cliff Kingsbury, he doesn't earn a lot of respect as a head coach around the NFL. Let's face it, even amongst Cardinal fans, even though he just got an extension. This guy has only been in pro football for two years. Yes, he came from a college program, okay? So you know how that story goes. Here's Josh McDaniels, Mr. Six Rings. I'm a brilliant offensive mind, worked for Bill Belichick. Can't figure out the Arizona Cardinals in the second half at home. I, I don't know how else to say it. It is the most complete failure. I've Listen, I've only covered the Raiders for five <clears throat> years. So for, for those of you who are fans in Raider Nation, I know you've been through a lot more pain than I ever have seen, okay? I get it. But this is incredible. I saw some bad losses with Jack Del Rio. I saw some bad losses under Gruden, of course. But this one, and again, I hate, I, I don't, listen, things can change. or can always be the first time. But again, since the teams expanded to 14 teams in the playoffs in the NFL, an 0-2 team has never made the playoffs. So Josh McDaniels is off to the worst possible start a head coach with the Raiders could have. And there's no candy coating. If people want to candy coat it, go ahead. It's just not. And you know on this show, we don't. Mo and I do not candy coat. You guys get mad at us sometimes for that. Somebody was commenting tonight in the first half, you still think the Colts are going to beat the Raiders? Because the Colts went to 0-2 because they look terrible today too. Yes! <laughs> I mean, they could, right? So I just don't, I don't get where, where it went wrong with this offense in the second half. The play calling, you're right. Uh, the play of the quarterback, no question. And and again, anybody who watches me and this show knows we don't bash Derek Carr. I said he was going to have a great year. So far, I've been completely wrong. He had two good quarters so far out of eight. And otherwise, he's looked lost and not really confident in what he's doing. Evan, have you noticed, too, I mean, even when he throws ball, he zipped a couple tonight but when he's going long, he kind of floats him up there. It's, it just seems like a different dude there. And some of it is the play calling. You're right. He's not, he's put, being put into situations apparently that don't work well. And I'm sure that's not great for him. But overall, I, there just seems something off and I can't figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. That, that, that play in overtime that was almost intercepted where he threw it down the middle of the field. Uh, you know, it looks like some of his mechanics. Now, I'm no quarterback coach or quarterback guru at all, but he seems to be making like that throw was off like his back foot and, and you know, things like that mechanic wise that can really screw things up. Um, but yeah, I, I do agree. He looks to be a little bit off. I don't know if it's uh, just not fully comfortable in the system or, 
you know, adjusting to, I don't know, having a new receiver like Devontae Adams, trying to mix in all the talent he has. I think that could be a problem too, trying to spread the ball out to all these guys. You heard the criti- not criticism, but you heard people questioning, did you, did you lock in on Devontae Adams too much last week? Now we see this week, he only gives him the ball two times. So, you know, I, I think there's a lot going on in his head right now. And, and I yeah. think he's fe- feeling some pressure with the expectations that come along with having all these weapons and a, and a great play caller, I, I think he's starting to feel it a little bit. He does. And, and I'm going to make, I'm going to make an assumption when we come back and we're going to take a really quick break for those of you listening on the podcast. When we come back, we'll repick up the conversation here. We're getting instant reaction. We're talking about the Raiders epic collapse at home in their home opener. They lose to the Cardinals in overtime on a fumble from Hunter Renfro, his second in overtime, 29 to 23. Uh, we'll be back. It's Evan Grote of Just Pod Baby. Make sure you subscribe to his podcast as well. And I am Scott Branson. We'll be back right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Here we are back, silver and black today, the post-game edition. Your Raiders lose to the Cardinals 29-23 in the most horrific fashion I can remember to date. Sorry to laugh about it. It's just I'm, I'm still, you know, we're on this show to talk, and I'm still kind of speechless. I, I can't believe what I saw out there with this Raiders team who now moves to 0-2 as they lose again in overtime, and everybody shares some blame. Uh, but, Evan, here, here's what I'm going to pose to you, a question, and MM in the in – the, um, YouTube chat mentioned this, so I'm going to shout him out because it's a good question. He's asserting, and we don't know that this is true, but I'm going to bring it up as a what if, and that is, could the chemistry between Carr and McDaniels not be there yet at all? Maybe never. Uh, And maybe that's why the structure of Derek Carr's deal is what it is. They can walk away from him at the end of this year, but so far, whatever is happening between play caller and signal caller, it's just not working. Absolutely. I think that's a fair assessment. I mean, it's, it is still early, only two games into this relationship. So, you know, I can't say for certain, but um, looking back on it, and I know this is kind of in the past, but looking back on it, I think maybe Carr would have benefited from playing a little bit in the preseason. Now I know, you know, the <laughs> well, risk back to that. that. Yeah. And I know, okay. I know the that's risk, okay. It's the, all right. The, the, but you know, now as we're two games into it, and, and we're seeing that maybe they're not on the same page, the chemistry there, um, you know, you, you know, hindsight's 2020, but it is something that has come up in my mind uh, because they do seem to be a little bit off. So um, I, I agree with the, the question or the, the person who asked the question. I do believe they're just not on the same page yet. Yeah, there's, there's, there's no question. And, you know, in, in the chat uh, we have going live now, all sorts of uh, obviously folks, uh, worried about uh, everything, including the coach, uh, including the players. The argument uh, rages on there. So thanks for the chat there. Uh, but also, let's talk about the sequence at the end of the game. So the Raiders get the ball after holding the Cardinals in overtime. Uh, they hold them on a fourth down. They get the ball back. Derek Carr, they rush the ball a little bit. Then they start passing the ball. Nice pass to Hunter Renfro. He, gets, he fumbles the ball. He gets stripped of the ball from behind, uh, and luckily uh, Foster Moreau recovers it. You know, it's like, whew, that's crazy. Then they get going again, and they're literally within a couple yards of field goal range, and they go in the shotgun and pass the ball. Derek Carr almost throws an interception. I mean, the fact that it was an interception 
is is unreal. It should have been clearly an interception. There's no, I mean, it was it was pretty easy if the player from Arizona just paid attention a little more. Then the next play, you get the the Renfro reception. He gets hit and he fumbles again. So again, controlling the ball in overtime, protecting the ball. Now I know he got throttled. He got hit hard, and he was down a little bit afterwards. But again, you have to protect the ball. That's what changed the game. I mean, cost you the game because you fumbled the ball, you go the other way. What were they doing in that situation? Why you ran the ball effectively in the first half, not so much in the second, but why would you not run the ball? And I know kicking for a field goal, it's overtime. All you needed was three. You have one of the best kickers in all of football. It wins wins the game. game. Why, why are you trying to throw the ball? I said the same thing to myself. I said the same exact thing to myself that, you know, the TV has the little red line, the, 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 the field goal marker that you need to get to. And I kept saying to myself, they only need about four or five yards. Why not just keep, why not run it a few times? Now I will say the pass that they threw to run for was a safe pass. It was a short little out route. You know, he tried to make a play um, and, and, you know, ended up trying to do a little too much, I think, and, and lost the ball. But yeah, I, I agree with you. Why not run the ball there? Played a little bit safe. All you need is a field goal. You got a field goal kicker who's you know got a cannon for a leg. I, I agree with you 100%. And speaking of Renfro, real real quick, I'm seeing some updates on my phone that he most likely suffered a concussion. So mm. you know now his status may maybe up in the air for uh, for week three. And again, again though, I, I know what you're saying about a safe pass and, and our best Hunter Renfro. You know we love Hunter Renfro. It's not, but he did fumble twice. I mean once because yeah. he got hammered. I get it. It happens. Uh, but again, why are you safe pass or not? Why are you throwing the ball? Why are you throwing yeah. the ball? I mean, they had to get two more yards to be in safe field goal range. And I think they could have gotten it worth where they were from with their, with Carlson there. I mean, I don't think there would have been any, any problem with him kicking for the game winner. He did it. How many times last year? Four. Many so times. Yeah. I, I, the decision-making the play, call, it goes back to play calling again. But even then, even the pass, the pass from from Carr that was almost intercepted was a poorly thrown pass. In the second half, he only had a couple passes that were thrown well. So, so again, everything here is broken. Everything seems to not be working. And it seems to be that they didn't have a game plan for the second half. It's always yeah, a, and go ahead. I'm sorry. I, you know, I, and I want to make this point. I, I was going to make it earlier. Yeah. I've talked about this a lot in my podcast, and I've I've tweeted about it a lot. Last year, the Raiders won seven of their 10 games by a a combined, uh, by an average of those seven wins, three and a half points. Mm. We know about all the walk-off wins they had towards the end of the season. That is not a recipe for sustained success. And when you get into these tight ball games, sometimes they don't go your way. And that's that's what we saw tonight. This is a game that the Raiders win last year. But again, I, I pointed out, you, you cannot rely on that. They had an opportunity to put this team away early in the game. They had some opportunities in the second half when they had the ball, couldn't get anything going. They got to finish this team off. It should have never have been that close um, to begin with. Uh, but again, when you play with fire, when you when you leave it to these overtime situations, things can go wrong. And, and that's what we saw happen tonight. Now let's, let's switch to the defensive side of the ball, Evan, because I think – we look at, again, a tale of two halves. First half, even the, the, the folks, uh, Gumbel and Archietta on, um, Archuleta on uh, CBS, were talking about the, the Raiders' pass rush. I mean, Max Crosby was all over the place. He was getting home a little bit. He had one sack, I believe, and he was in there quite a bit and just missed a couple others. Uh, Chandler Jones, I mean, if he was there, I couldn't notice, right? I mean, now maybe when I watched the film, he did some good things, and I just didn't see them. Uh, which is totally possible. That happens all the time. But but again, that pass rush, everybody was so excited about the two edge players. And Max Crosby, for one half, was amazing. Second half, I think he probably got a little tired. But again, towards the end of the game, had an opportunity, and there was a penalty on the play, and we don't know if it was thrown before or after. But uh, he had a chance to bring Kyler Murray, couldn't wrap him up. Uh, we saw plays throughout the night, especially in the second half, where the defense couldn't wrap up tackles. Uh, we saw uh, Jonathan Jake uh, Abram, who does well in the box. That's where he belongs, does great. We saw him get beat three times in coverage that I counted. Um, so you saw the defense really in the second half as the Cardinals made adjustments. Mo always talks about adjustments at halftime, right? Um, yeah. They made adjustments on both sides of the ball, on defense and offense. They pressed a lot more. 
the Raiders wide receivers, they completely neutralized Darren Waller for the most part. I mean, they neutralized everybody, especially Derek Carr, because he couldn't get the ball out. But you look at the situation, and the defense was concerning too, because I didn't see, you know, everybody thought Graham was going to blitz a lot more. He didn't again. And so I'm just wondering what's going on there too. What did you see from this defense? What is, what I'm confused. I just don't understand what they're doing uh, and what the philosophy is there because they didn't really do anything in the second half to contain Kyler Murray. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think I would have liked to have seen um, some, maybe some more blitzes. Um, and I know that it's sometimes the, it's, it's difficult to blitz a, a running quarterback because you, you allow him to, to escape the pocket and then he can make plays. And we saw that happen even when they weren't blitzing. But, um, you know, I, I think we're not giving enough credit to Kyler Murray. I mean, he was unbelievable in that second half. I mean, he made some plays that maybe <laughs> the only conversion. one. Yes, yes. Uh, was that the play where they're, they're all kind of mixed together? But when, <laughs> when Crosby had him wrapped up, when Crosby yes. had him wrapped up, that was yes. the, okay. Yeah, I mean, there's only maybe two or three quarterbacks in the league that can make that play, and, yeah. and I think he's one of them. So, I mean, it was a combination of things. The, the, they couldn't get off the field. They were they were on the field way too long. Uh, they were absolutely gassed. And then you saw, you saw a quarterback who – played at an elite level in the second half. And and that was the difference. And that kind of goes back to my point with when you have these stars that you're paying, you know, 30, 40 million for, they got to show up in these big moments. And <sighs> their star did. He put Plain that team on his back. He yes. put the team on his back yes. and he carried them to victory. And, and nobody from the Raiders did that. And that no. was, that was the big difference. Nobody from the Raiders and how many Raiders got big deals, right? So this is what I was telling people about because everybody was so happy when all these guys were getting their deals. And again, I don't begrudge anybody for getting what they deserve and what they're worth. Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, all those guys. Hey, good. My problem is now as the Raiders, you've invested in these guys. You just spent all that money. And, and so far, you're not getting anything on the return. Now, it's two games, but it's a, to it's a terrible start. Okay, so you put all that money out there for one of the best edge rushers in the NFL, and we don't see him closing. Now, again, I'm not trying to be overcritical, but I have a, a commenter on um, YouTube who said, Eight Raiders 805, when you're up by 20 at halftime, a good defense, and a good defense you don't lose. Now, I agree with him to a certain point, but you also can't have an offense that has 48 yards. <laughs> 52 plays to 18 plays. I mean, even the best defenses can't be out there the whole freaking second half. But but I get your point, um, and I get that as well. And then Georgia Patriot, um, uh, you say when you go into halftime 20 nothing, you don't adjust to anything. Actually, I'll, I'll disagree with you on that, my friend. And again, thanks for viewing and watching and listening. Um, Evan, when you are up big at halftime, your adjustment is on defense, you get aggressive. In my view, you be aggressive. If you look at like... The Chiefs or the Rams. Now the Rams had a weird game today, but you look at some of these teams who've been there to the to an AFC NFC Championship or the Super Bowl. Those teams, when they have big leads, keep going. They put their foot on the gas defensively and offensively. So that's the adjustment. It's sort of like not really an adjustment per se. It is a continuation of what worked for you to give you that big lead. Yeah, it's a and mindset. It's, it's a, a mindset. mindset. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you know, McDaniels just didn't have it tonight. And it was a criticism that Gruden got a lot was being a little bit too passive at times. Yeah. And and we saw it happen tonight. As I said earlier, they, they could have finished them off. And and he they didn't. For whatever the reason, they kept the, the game plan simplistic and, and vanilla and, and didn't push the uh, didn't put the pedal to the metal. And, uh, and, and in the first half, I think we saw some complimentary football defense getting, you know, stops offense, putting points on the board, special teams played well. They had some yep. good, uh, Matt Collins made that play on punt coverage. And in the second half, it was the complete opposite. We didn't see any of that offense, three and outs defense on the plays, 10, 11, you know, play drives. And so the complimentary football, which we hear so much about all the time from coaches, it was not there. Well, and you said something, Evan, and I'm seeing a lot of it in our chat, our live chat here for the show, and, and I want to bring it up because it's important, and that is you have good players, okay? You have players in the NFL, in the NBA, Major League Baseball, whatever professional league you're watching, and 
there's great players. They do well. They do what they're supposed to. They put up numbers, and that's great. And then when you're a championship team, you have players who take a step above that. If you watch the Michael Jordan documentary, you know what I'm talking about. You have guys who take you to that next level, okay? On the Rams, it's an Aaron Donald, okay? It's somebody like that. It, with the Bengals last year, it was Joe Burrow. Now they're off to a terrible start. I understand that, but they got there. Other teams, we can go through every team and find an example. And so to me, I look at the Raiders, and there's just nobody like that. Now, you could say, well, they haven't had their chance. They've had a chance through two weeks this year, and they haven't done it. So who is that guy who's going to step up and do it? Do they have it on the roster? And I just don't know. And I don't think, and my only criticism, and I mean deep criticism, of Derek Carr has always been, I thought he was a very good quarterback, but I didn't see that extra, extra thing. That doesn't mean he can't win a Super Bowl in the right situation. I know you're all laughing at me right now, but it's true. Okay? You look at Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl. You look at some of these other guys who've won Super Bowls. Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl. Okay? But what I mean is a guy who's going to take the team on his shoulders like Kyler Murray did tonight. That's the kind of guy you need. You need a transcendent player like that, somebody who defense off of whoever it is. And I just don't, with all the talent, I just don't see it right now, Evan. No, I, I totally agree. And, you know, Carr has been very good uh, in, in the past, in, in like late game situations, leading, uh, come from behind wins and things like that. But we are just not seeing that right now. And, you know, we've talked about what is the reason. And I, I don't, you know, I don't know if I have a good answer right now, other than the fact that, again, he does not look comfortable. He just doesn't. Yeah. Uh, right. You know, in the first half, yes, he made some, some uh, you know, nice throws and things like that but a lot of short dink and dunks which i thought was an okay game plan to try to attack those uh linebackers and coverage and whatnot but i believe he only threw one ball over 20 yards in the in the first half of the game yeah and so you know just I, you know for whatever reason he's, he just doesn't have it right now yeah and the pocket awareness seems to have gone backward um it's just messy it's just really messy and i yeah. think that you you look at all this stuff that's going on and it's just hard to figure out where they go and they, how they figure it out. And I know what the message will be and we went on, so I didn't see the post game press conference. I'll watch it after we're done here, but I'm sure it's like, Hey, we got to figure it out. We'll get it together. Blah, 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 blah. But it's, it's off to a really bad start. And when you have your quarterback not performing at the level you need him to after getting the contract, after building around him. And somebody said, well, you, you do have that difference maker, that guy who can take you to the next level, Devontae Adams. I disagree. A wide receiver cannot do it. You can have right. the best wide receiver to ever live. You still got to have the guy that throws him the ball. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who did Jerry Rice yeah. have, right? Yep. Yep. He had Joe Montana, and then he had Steve Young, okay? Uh, and I'm talking about his days in the 49ers, of course. So, so my point is, Devontae Adams, amazing, no question. Two catches tonight. Right. That's that's <laughs> that can't happen. And you yeah. know, I, a lot the the offensive line got a lot of the blame last week. You know, rightfully so. They weren't great this week. You know, with a rookie playing center, um, you know, Illuminor left the game for a short time, came back. I, I can't say that offensive line was a big problem this no. week. No, I really don't. I thought they did well. I I shouldn't say well, but I thought they did well enough. I should say they yeah. weren't a liability. They were not the reason. So. Um, you know, After the mess last it, week, Evan, they yeah. did really well. And and, and yes. Dylan Parham at center, let me tell you, somebody mentioned on Twitter during the game, oh, man, does he play replace Andre James? I don't think so. But, man, the kid can play there, and he played yeah. well. Did you see any bad snaps? Did you see any miscommunications between him and Car No, nothing. So I agree with you. I mean, the defense, the Cardinals defensive front and, and defense overall isn't as talented as the Chargers, but but nonetheless, they, they, they did what they had to do, and – as I've said, the stars did not do what they had to do. This new, you know, offensive guru, the 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 forty million dollar quarterback, the the thirty million dollar receiver, your new, you know, tight end without the new contract, Renfro. It, those guys got to make plays. It, it's yeah. just again, I use the word unacceptable. There, there's no excuses yeah. for it at home with a twenty point lead. Can't maybe happen. they maybe they need to spend time with the WNBA World Champions, the Las Vegas Aces, who won tonight. And by the way, I could care less. No offense to the ladies; they're all talented. And if you like WNBA, God bless you. I could care less. Um, I, I'm just glad I don't have to see WNBA tweets anymore. Uh, but nonetheless, maybe they should spend some time. <laughs> why did with they those put ladies. it up against? Why did they put it up against the NFL? 
I mean, nobody I, I know watches the ratings, it anyway, Evan. Nobody well, watches I, it. Anyway. I guess that's a good point. But it, I mean, putting it up against NFL Sunday certainly isn't going to help <laughs> your, your. I'm going to get in trouble with that one, by the way, because all those WNBA there's a lot of them in Raider Nation, believe it or not. And I'm sorry. Listen, I, I I spent time traveling with a women's college basketball team when I worked at UNLV in college. My best friend, my best mentor is the former, the all-time winningest women's basketball coach in UNLV history, Jim Bola. Shout out to coach. Um, I just could care less about the WNBA. So, But but maybe they should spend some time. I mean, Kelsey Plum has got that, hey, I'm going to take you to the next level. And I know she's dating Darren Waller, so maybe they should get together and get a locker room meeting between the two teams. Maybe the ladies could teach these guys a few things. Holy moly. <laughs> but um, you look at this situation, too, and, and <clears throat> I mean, some of the players, Matt Collins, great. You know, I don't want to lose track of some of the great performances we saw early in the yeah. game because it fell apart in the second half. But Matt Collins, man, that kid came out fired up tonight, had a great first half, and really, you know, had, had it continued into the second half, I'd be sitting here talking a lot about him maybe as the player of the game on the offense because I think he's kind of solidified himself as that third wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, he played well tonight. Uh, I believe he led the team in targets as well as receptions and yardage, showed up on special teams, and that's what he, that's where he excels. Uh, yeah, he played well. Um, I hope that continues, but I hope to see, you know, some of their stars get more involved and well. And, and you know, Scott, I don't want to change the subject, but I, I was yeah. I'm looking at it right now. You know, 0-2 start. You know, you're, you're already two games behind the Chiefs, and you look at the schedule here for the Raiders, the next three games, on the road at Tennessee – Back home against Denver. Now, Denver hasn't looked great either. And then on the road in Kansas City. that That's not easy. And, no. and so, you know, you're already looking at 0-2. Uh, I, I thought we were going to learn a lot about this team in the first five games of the year. Uh, not off to a great start right now and, and three tough games ahead. So I, I wonder when do you start to hear the fan base start to panic a little bit? Now, <laughs> or are you saying right it now. in the chat, my friend? I, I haven't been on Twitter. I, I'm not on yes. Twitter right now, and I'm not in the chat, yeah. so I can't. I, I'm just kind of, yeah. I'm sure it's begun, well, but but here's it could the, get worse. You you bring up a great point, and that is that um, the situation. They go to Tennessee next week. Listen, I thought I picked them to beat the Cardinals and then beat the Titans. Okay, so I thought they would be. I thought they would be three and zero. Actually, I thought they beat the Chargers too. Uh, Mo and I split on that when we did our preseason picks. Um, but you look at this situation, they're going to go there. Denver at home, you would think, oh, my gosh. But right now, after what I saw today, how anybody, I don't care how optimistic a fan, and we're trying to bring in some good here, too, because there were some good performances tonight early on. Um, and I'll get to another one that excited me as well. But you can't look at these last two games and think they can win a game at all. Like I, I, you can't, If you can't play four quarters of football, Raider Nation, you can't win squat. So if you're going to tell me they're going to go to Tennessee, beat that, and they're come home and beat the Broncos, how? How do you say that? They should have beat the Cardinals. Now, the Broncos were way overrated in my book. So so that's a nice game to look towards. But right now, these guys got to play quarter by quarter and win each quarter because they, they have not been able to play a complete game at all. And tonight, it just went backwards in so many ways, including the play calling, including the coaching. Overall, it was just poor. And... A lot of you guys are in the chat saying, this is all in coaching. No, it's not. Yes, part of it is game planning, all that. But players got to play. Players got to finish. Derek Carr yeah. threw the ball. Josh McDaniels didn't throw the ball. I don't care what play calls he had. There were passes that were terrible. And that's on him. Or there were assignments missed, and that's not on the coaches. If the plays need to be better, absolutely. And I agree they should. But this is a full team loss. Coaches staff, players, everybody. Yeah, I mean, McDaniels didn't fumble the ball in overtime twice, <laughs> right? <laughs> twice. I mean, yeah. bottom line, yes, coaching needs to be better, I think. But as you have said, players got to perform. They're getting paid a lot of money to do so. And, uh, you know, we we saw a guy on the other side getting paid a lot of money do his job. And, and I, I can't say enough about his performance. I, I really do. I know we're talking a lot about what the Raiders didn't do right, but I, I, again, I think Kyler Murray did so much right that, uh, you know, he, he completely took the game over and, and some of those plays is unbelievable what he was able to do. in that second half of the game after such a quiet first half from him, yes. I mean, I saw some people tweeting him like, Oh, Murray's trash. He's overrated over, you know, overpaid. That's yeah. why you watch the whole game before you send those tweets out. You don't do that until yes. the game is over. But, and not uh, only that, but you watch other games 
and and yeah. see. You know, I watch uh, being in the Eastern Time Zone now. I watch uh, morning games, right? I watched the the Baltimore game against Miami, which was amazing. Everybody said Tua sucks. Not yep. today, he didn't. <laughs> he a pretty good game. He stepped up when he had to and brought his team all the way back to win, setting a Dolphins record for passing. So amazing stuff. All right, we're going to take one more quick break. We're going to come back, and then we're going to talk about a player on defense that I saw that I really was excited about. And then we'll uh, end the show, and we'll get through some more of the comments as they are going absolutely bananas uh, on the various platforms that we're live on right now. So you're listening to Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Don't go anywhere. All right, welcome back. Silver and Black today, the post-game edition. Raiders lose a heartbreaker in overtime, 29-23. Evan Grote of Just Pod Baby podcast. You can catch that wherever you get your podcasts, as well as Scott Branson here with you. Mo Moten will be back with me on Tuesday, as he always is, and uh, for the rest of our shows. Our mailbag show will be back Wednesday, and our show will be back Thursday. So we'll get back on our regular schedule Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday for reaction, and we'll get his words on that. But, Evan, one of the guys I talked about, and I wrote in my weekly column, I do a stock up, stock down on Raiders players. Uh, And this week, I I picked a couple guys. Nate Hobbs, he did not disappoint. I've had him in there two weeks, his stock's up. Uh, But also, Amik Robertson. Here's a guy that I thought was going to get cut. I really thought Amik Robertson was going to get cut, and Mo and I talked about it. And, um, boy, he's really turned it around. He's gotten an opportunity now with the injury uh, that they have there. And so he came in tonight and I thought played well. He had one touchdown, that Hollywood Brown reception for a touchdown, which is one of the best catches I have ever seen. He still had good coverage on him, but I think the the play of Amik Robertson should be encouraging for Raider Nation. I know everybody just wants to bitch about the loss tonight, and I don't blame you, and I'm not going to stop you. But there were some gems within this disaster tonight, and I thought Amik Robertson was one of them. Yeah, he was a, a bright spot in this game. And you mentioned the touchdown that Hollywood Brown had. Uh, unbelievable play. But, but like you said, well, Meek Robertson was right there. I, I have to go back and watch it. But I think maybe if he would gotten his head turned around a little sooner, he probably would have made the play. But, um, yeah, first career, I believe first career interception from him. And I don't have the number of snaps that he played. But I believe this was the most playing time that he's he's ever had. And, you know, I think he held up well. So that is a bright spot. Um, you know, maybe he's earned some earned the trust of, of the coaching staff and, and maybe we'll see a little bit more of him, but yeah, definitely uh, a good performance from Amit Robinson, a guy, as you mentioned, who many of us thought maybe won't make the roster. He really hasn't, I, this was like his coming out game. I thought, you know, where he yeah. really uh, was able to kind of, you know, leave his mark on the game and, and leave people walking away saying positive things about him. Like we are here tonight. Yeah, he had the interception, uh, which was great, and and really uh, came at, a, at the right time. Played it so well, too. It was in his own defense, and he popped over and kind of spied. He played Kyler Murray. He was watching him and anticipating what he was going to do and then had the opportunity to do that. So uh, that was fantastic. But um, on the negative side of things, Evan, we talked about the edge already. Again, year number five in a row, we have not seen any push up the middle consistently for this Raiders defensive front. Jonathan Hankins, these guys are all good players. They're just not good enough. They're not getting pressure. Kyler Murray could sit in the pocket all day if he wanted to, and then when he did have to rush out of the pocket, he did lots of damage. Not having Perryman, who was out with an injury, obviously hurt the Raiders linebacking core, no question there. Um, And so, so you look at that situation up front, that's another issue they still haven't solved. Like you said, the offensive line, I thought, played well enough tonight. But that defensive line, all the way through, completely underperformed. Yeah, it was one. It was top two concerns for me going into the season. Offensive line, obviously, and and interior part of the defense from a pass rush perspective, and it's it's not there. It is just not there. Um, I didn't. I wasn't real high on a lot of the the guys they brought in. Um, they just they're more run players, bigger bodies. I know Mo has talked a lot about it. Uh Patrick Graham likes his defensive linemen upward of you know 300 plus pounds. Uh those guys aren't going to offer a whole lot from a pass rush perspective. So it's definitely not showing up. And when you got Chandler Jones, who really isn't, you know, leaving his mark on these games, you're left with Max Crosby having to, to carry the load all by himself. And that's just that's not going to be enough. So I don't know if Patrick Graham needs to start dialing up a little bit more, some, some more blitzes. Um, I know he doesn't blitz um, a, a high percentage of the time when I looked at the numbers from his time with the Giants. So I'm not sure if that's something he's going to start to do more of. But um, at, at this point, they're not generating much in the pass rush and, and, and they need to start doing so. 
Yeah. No, there's no, there's no question. You're going to have to do it, especially in their division. We always talk about that on yeah. this show, and it's true. I mean, you look at what the Chargers, they lost, and yes, Herbert was hurt, and I know everybody out there hates Herbert and doesn't think he's that good. The reality is their defense has played well for the most part. Um, we saw what happened against the Chiefs. The Chiefs, uh, everybody thought they would take a step back because of Tyreek Hill, who had a big day in Miami today, by the way. But uh, overall, the Chiefs are the Chiefs, so it looks like between the Raiders and the Broncos, Right now, it's a, it's a race to the bottom on, on who is the team that's going to falter the most and perhaps be out of the AFC West race probably in the first five or six weeks. As you mentioned, the Raiders in Tennessee next week at home against Denver, and then they go to Kansas City before their early season bye. And boy, um, you know, you got to start winning games here, Evan. Uh, this Tennessee game on the road, this is going to be a gut check time. Uh, it's a hard game to go win, even though the, 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 the Titans have kind of taken a step back. We'll see how they do tomorrow night. But if they go on the road and they open up 0-3, then I think you're really looking at some issues. That's when the stuff in the locker room starts to go on and you start to see guys loop, lose hope, even though it's only the three games into the season. Statistically, the odds are just so far against you. Yeah, you start out 0-3. If they lose next week, start out 0-3. Denver and Kansas City, two division matchups, which are not going to be easy games. Um, I don't care how poorly uh, Denver's playing right now; it's a division matchup, uh, and, and you're going to, you know, you're, you're going to start finding yourself looking up at both the, the Chiefs and and you know, say what you want about the Chargers. I know they they kind of blew that game the other night. They're they're going to be a darn good team. Um, I'm assuming Herbert will be back uh, sooner rather than later if he does miss any time. But you don't want to find yourself falling too far back too early, having to make up all that ground uh, towards the end of the season. It, it's going to be a tough task, uh, especially with this division and, and, and the quarterbacks that are in this division. Yes, absolutely. By the way, we have a poll running right now on YouTube to go along with the show. A poll asks, what's your confidence in Derek Carr? Answers are totally confident, somewhat confident. He'll be fine. And I'm done. He's done. Right now, 67% of those voted have said they're done. Wow. That's shocking because wow. our audience is not like heavy anti-Derek Carr. Uh, in fact, I think they're probably a little more the other way. 22% uh, somewhat confident and 9%, so under 10%, totally confident in Derek Carr after the first two weeks of the season. So 70% um, are, are not happy with the quarterback and he's not the only problem. I want to focus on that and just say that right up front. Um, but in the NFL, if your quarterback play is not good, you will not win. You just don't. Uh, and, and I think we're seeing part of that is certainly playing into this. And that to me, the focus is not just on the player and his ability, Evan, to me going into this week, what I'm going to give a lot of thought to and watch as I watch the all 22 film and all that stuff for, for Tuesday show is that relationship between him and Josh McDaniels. Is that what is really happening here? Because I'm seeing Derek Carr do things that he's done, that he's been criticized, like pocket presence and all that, which is fair. That's not new. But what I'm seeing is new things with him that I haven't seen before. And the only thing that's changed, right, is, yes, the system, although the system he's talked all about and loved it and said it's not very hard to learn. He's picked it up pretty quickly. But it's that relationship between play caller and quarterback and head coach and quarterback. And right now, uh, maybe it's a, a good a good relationship personally, but professionally, it's not working so far. Yeah, you know, and and I I was talking about this on my, my show this week as, as to one of the reasons why um, I wasn't as um, predicting a, a twelve win season for the Raiders is because. Uh, of all the new changes going on, new offensive philosophy, new defensive philosophy, a lot of new faces. And I, I just thought it was going to take time to mesh. I didn't think it was going to come out and be this uh, sloppy, I guess you could say, or or unpolished this early on. But but this is part of the reason why I felt this team might only win, you know, nine or 10 games. I mean, a lot of people thought, oh, they won mm -hmm. 10 games last year. They got Devontae Adams. They got Chandler Jones. They got a better coach. They're going to win 12 games. Well, sometimes this, this stuff takes time to come together. And, and that's what we're seeing. This offense is clearly not together. Um, I heard McDaniel, McDaniel say last week in his press conference, we hope to be playing our better, our best football at the end of the season. Well, that's true. But if you, if you get off to such a slow start <laughs> in the beginning of the season, it, it yeah. may be too late. It may right. not be enough. Right. So they got to start making some improvements now because, again, you don't want to find yourself looking up at those other teams in the division. It's going to be very, very challenging. Correct. And, and listen, 
I use the statistics only just to show, and again, there's always the one outlier, right? But again, since the team, since the league, I keep saying since the team, since the league went to 14-team playoff format, no team that started 0-2 has ever made the playoffs. So that's the hole you're in. Now, maybe they'll be the first one. Great. But I'm telling you that if they don't get to Kansas City at 500, they're in trouble. And because they're playing the Titans on the road, always tough to play on the road, and then they're playing the Broncos at home. And you thought tonight the Cardinals at home with that terrible defense, and everybody thought Derek Carr was going to light it up with Devontae Adams all that. You, the Titans have a better defense. The Broncos, you could argue, have a better defense, although they haven't played that well this year. Um, but at the same time, you, you, can't, you can't go. You, you can play your best games of the season, like you said, your best football of the season, Evan. But if you go into the best part of the season at, at four and eight, who cares? Right. Who cares it's if you're playing your best football? This is this <laughs> league is about winning, Josh McDaniels. It's not about how you finish yeah. if you're four and eight going into the stretch of the season. By the way, the six game stretch they have later in the season is brutal. So you better be playing your best football. That's why it was so important to win as many games as you could up front. The Charger game, you can understand. I really could. On the road, first night, whatever. This game, there's no excuse. There's just no excuse for it. Yeah, and also, you know, a little different when you're in New England and have Bill Belichick as your head coach and and the GOAT Tom Brady as your quarterback. If you start out 0-2, 0-3, you know, have a little bit of a rough patch begin the season, uh, you know, you, you got Tom Brady there to kind of mm-hmm. help steady that ship a little bit. You know, Tom Brady's not walking through the door, obviously. And I'm not I'm not trying to compare compare yeah. Carr to Brady or anything like that. You. But I mean, obviously different levels of, of players there. So um, just, just totally different situations there, but, uh, yeah, they, they got to turn it around now. Um, I said it at the beginning of the show, we're going to find out a lot about this team in the first five games and the first two games so far. Um, I wasn't expecting it. I got I got to admit, I, I am very surprised how, how, uh, poorly the offense has played I, I thought this was an easy lock to be a top five offense. And clearly we're, we're just not seeing that happen on the field right now. Not seeing it, and I actually lost money on them tonight because I had Ooh. them. I parlayed them. <laughs> you ready for this? I parlayed <laughs> them with the Cowboys. The Cowboys were ten point underdogs of the Bengals, and they were terrible won, right? in week. Yeah, and so I, yeah. I or seven points. Sorry. So I took the Cowboys and the Raiders on a little two teamer. So going it was to the a five four, point spread, right? Raiders were favored by five. Five, five and, and a half. half. Yes. Yeah. So that that hurt me too. Uh, financially, but, but it, I, it look, doesn't it hurt good. me as much as it, it doesn't hurt me as much as it hurts fans. So my, you know, my small bet on a wager doesn't matter. Uh, but Evan, we'll see how this week goes and, and, and what happens and kind of what we hear from the Raiders, but it, actually, I don't really care what I hear from the Raiders. Um, yeah. it's gotta be what they do on the field. Uh, the talking and all this crap is done. You have to either perform or you don't perform. So for me, listening to press conferences, we're not going to bring comments from the press conference to you on the show. I just don't think there's value. I don't criticize other people for doing it. I'm just not going to do it because until the Raiders start playing on the field four quarters and put together a whole game, I don't really care what they say. Yeah, you're probably not going to get a whole lot anyways. Yeah. McDaniels has been pretty pretty tight-lipped. Uh, he kept his comments pretty pretty generic, but yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, nobody wants to hear the talk anymore, okay? Uh, this was supposed to be the season where it came together. You got the stars, you paid the stars, you got the coach, everything was in place and they're off to an 0 and 2 start. So, until things start to change, you know, the fan base is going <laughs> to continue to criticize, I guess, and until yes. until things start to get better. And, and and rightfully so because the product on the field uh just hasn't been good enough on both sides of the ball. Yes, and that's going to bring our uh, live instant reaction post-game show to an end here. Uh, on silver and black today. And I'm going to go have a bourbon because after watching that game, it's just like crazy. And I don't know what you guys are going to do to deal with it, but, but go check it out. Uh, and first of all, before we let you go, Evan, Evan, tell everybody about your podcast, where they can find just pod baby. Yeah. So, um, I'm, I'm now part of, uh, the team over at silver and black pride. So if you want to find just pod baby, you have to search silver and black pride. I'm a part of the net, the network there, uh, with several other podcasts as well. So if you subscribe there, you're going to get my podcast twice a week. I do a recap show, which will be coming out tomorrow. And then I, I put out a preview show, uh, Thursdays as well. So yeah, please, 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 uh, check it out. And, uh, you can follow me on Twitter as well. I'm always, 
uh, speaking my mind on there as well. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he, he'll tell you what he thinks. At, at egroat5, by the way. Uh, check him out. And you can also follow at JustPodBaby. Evan, thanks, right. man. We'll talk to you real soon. Anytime. Thanks, Scott. All right. Uh, Raider Nation, sorry uh, your Sunday was ruined by what was one of the most disastrous collapses I've seen in covering the Raiders over the last five years. Uh, but again, there's always next week. Uh, what we will do is we're going to watch this film. Mo and I will be back on Tuesday for our regularly scheduled show, which you can also subscribe to. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Uh, you can find us anywhere you get your podcast. We are an Odyssey original podcast. Uh, silver and black today so find it there if you're watching us on youtube make sure you do me a favor just hit subscription and hit notifications so you know when we go live we would appreciate that very much uh and we will talk to you on tuesday we'll also do our mailbag it'll be back on wednesday if you want to send us mail send us your reaction your comments your questions for wednesday's mailbag since you got it right there on the top tip of your tongue right now after this loss mail us Please don't curse too much at me. Uh, mail us at mail, M-A-I-L, at Silver and Black Today. So Silver and Black, all spelled out, silverandblacktoday.com. Mail at silverandblacktoday.com. If you, if you are read on the air, we'll give you a free sticker, and we pick one winner each week to get a free Silver and Black Today show T-shirt. Again, mail at silverandblacktoday.com. All right, for Evan Grote, for Murph from Raiders Fan Radio, make sure you follow him on YouTube as well. I am Scott Branson. This has been the Silver and Black Today postgame edition for week two. Raider Nation, be good to one another. Take care, and we'll talk to you on Tuesday. <laughs>